it's important to think about why are we doing uh, open education? Is it because uh, it's a new buzzword? Is it because it adds something for students? Is it because of the way as a university we want to relate to the society that we are a part of? Uh, is it a way we want to um, uh, connect our students to the future work field um, or to the wider world? Welcome to Open Science Bites, the open science podcast of the University of Groningen, highlighting best practices and challenges academics experience when being open in their teaching and research. This episode will focus on open educational resources. In a nutshell, open educational resources are learning, teaching and research materials in any format and medium that reside in the public domain. In other words, they are free to use for anyone. Sander van Lanen, assistant professor in cultural geography at the Faculty of Spatial Sciences, shares his views on and experiences with open education. So what does being an open academic mean? I teach and do research mainly around um, issues of urban inequality, um, urban social exclusion and spatial justice. I've always been interested in one way or another sharing my work with people outside of the university. I never wanted to be the academic that only publishes in academic journals and academic books. So on the one hand, I really like this idea that uh, you open up education, maybe also to uh, people or groups of people that do not have formal access to the, to the university. Although I'm also sometimes a bit skeptical uh, and not necessarily of open education per se, but maybe of the drive to make as many education as open as possible. Because what I sometimes fear is that if everyone starts creating in-class information, in-class assignment, in-class learning materials, and everyone is going to share it online and open to the public in whatever way, I'm sometimes afraid you're going to get an information overload, so to say, so that so many people are going to share maybe interesting things, that it's going to be another task to uh, go through it and see what is of quality um, and what is not. Sander developed the open textbook Introduction to Academic Research for a bachelor's course he was teaching. He composed this textbook by selecting and reusing texts that were openly available. I was teaching a course called Introduction to Academic Research, which was basically about learning students how to write academically. And we were using a book on methods before. And what basically happened was a book with 27 chapters, out of which we used five. So I thought the book was not really suitable. So I wanted something else. And I started looking what I could do. And I could not find, I could find books with relevant chapters. But then they were either the same problem, so three out of 17 chapters were relevant, and then the book is 80 euros, so I thought you can't really do that uh, to students. And then um, around that time I was searching, I participated in this open educational resources workshop. And then I started thinking, hey, if there are open educational resources available, I can pick and choose, and I can still create one. So I started looking, and I think out of three different books, I could take four chapters and pile these together into a book. The only thing I changed was to make them consistent in style and put them up as a, as a book for students to read. What kind of obstacles did Sander encounter when creating his textbook? I think the main obstacle was that it did take me more time than I expected. I quite quickly told myself that the first year I would only copy the texts 
of the existing textbooks and I would only make adjustments to make the style coherent. I think in the end, ooh, how much time in total is hard to uh, is hard to say. I think I would spend two two and a half days searching for chapters, then another maybe day to to read several options, and then maybe half a day editing and and, and finalizing the, the things. But I think then the second time it goes way way quicker. I suppose with almost everything that you do new, there is a time investment the first time you do it, and then. It becomes less after. What are arguments for using open educational resources? I mainly teach nowadays in the Master Society Sustainability and Planning, which has a very society-oriented perspective. So in there, I think it wouldn't be too hard to convince people, at least of the benefits of sharing knowledge, of trying to... Um, have students work on projects that engender change. Um, in a course that's going to start next week, for example, we do um, students do a small research project every year, and we always try to include societal partners with this um, organizations that operate in neighborhoods. The course is called Revitalizing Neighborhoods, or the municipality, and we have students at least present. Uh, or re-invite people from the municipality or neighborhood organizations to the presentations because we think their, the findings might be useful. Uh, and, and one of the reasons also that we do this in this course is that the lecturer with whom I work believes that students will be more motivated if something happens with their assignment, that they don't just do it uh, for us. So I think that would be another motivation. So yeah, I think there is a... A motivation of, on the one hand, motivating students, maybe giving some perhaps inherent drive might help for at least a part of the student population. And the other one is that I think within our faculty, the idea of being a knowledge hub within the region and work together with provinces, municipalities, etc. is is valued, um, is valued strongly. So that might help to convince. Does Sander have any tips for fellow academics who are also interested in experimenting with open educational resources? It's important to consider why you are doing it and how you, how it uh, contributes to it. And second, I think there is um, really good support available. I would not have been able to do this without Mira Zouk, uh, especially who helped me with the open textbook. It's fascinating to see what's out there that you never even thought of yourself. Um, and there's just a huge wealth of um, assessment methods, assignments uh, that you can use and that people are willingly, uh, willingly sharing that for me was impossible to explore without uh, that support. What could the university do to improve the support that it provides on open education? One thing that I would like, I suppose, is perhaps to think about ways in which the use of... Oh, if we want to move to open education, the way the use of open education can be rewarded or recognized in one way or another. I think one of the things that I was looking into when I, when I created the open uh, textbook was to see if I could add it to pure, so basically your list of, of publications as, a, as an academic. Uh, and it cannot, because pure is only for 
um, research outputs and not for educational outputs. And I suppose also on a on an institutional level, it's important to think about why are we doing economic uh, open education? Is it because uh, it's a new buzzword? Is it because it adds something for students? Is it because of the way as a university we want to relate to the society that we are a part of? Uh, is it a way we want to um, uh, connect our students to the future work field um, or to the wider world? Maybe all courses should have uh, a statement on why uh, or why not they decided to do um, open educational resources. Because I think, related to my earlier skepticism, uh, I don't think more is necessarily better when it comes to open educational resources. So I think it's worthwhile for everyone to consider to what extent open education can be uh, a benefit to the course. And there might be good reasons why for some courses you say, no, uh, here uh, open education does not necessarily make it um, better and therefore we make an informed decision to not use it. And I think it's uh, in terms of strategy, it's a whole different approach to say as much open as we can or at least for everything we should consider um, uh, we should make an informed decision whether open education is desirable or not and then act on that. This was Open Science Bites, the open science podcast of the University of Groningen. Thank you very much for listening. Join us for our next episode on open educational resources with Rashid Gabdulhakov from the Faculty of Arts. Open Science Bites is produced by the University of Groningen Library with technical support of Wim Brons. <laughs>